This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. We understand that the journey as a supporter isn't always smooth sailing, but rest assured you're not alone. There's a vast network of fellow fans who share your passion and may be experiencing similar challenges. Honesty is key in any relationship. If your friend asks you how you are feeling, tell them honestly. If you're going through a difficult time, let them know. Opening up about how you are feeling can really make a difference. After all, they are your mates for a reason. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Hello and welcome to another edition of Talking Devils. I'm your host, Dave Murphy. Um, I'm here uh, again this week, by joined by former Manchester United defender and current uh, Wickham defender, uh, Scott Wooten. Scott, how are you doing this week? Yeah, all good. Not too bad, thanks. Yourself? Yeah, not too bad. Not too bad at all, you know. Um Getting getting through it after what was a pretty tough seven eight days of following uh, the greatest club in the world. Um, so let's jump right into it. Uh, you know we haven't spoke since since the Leicester game, um, so I want to just touch briefly on that. Uh, Leicester four, Manchester United two. Uh, I mean, uh, I think the only shining light for me that came out of that game was the return of Marcus Rashford. Looks pretty sharp, but an absolutely disastrous day at the office. Um, we we looked all over the place. We looked like we. Uh, it's the first time I've watched the Manchester United game under Oli. I'll be honest, and and just was baffled about what was happening. Uh, there didn't seem to be any direction. There didn't seem to be any any type of formation or play. It 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 was like a you know a, a preseason warm up game where players are just trying to loosen up the joints. I know that wasn't the case, but I was completely baffled, absolutely baffled by. That performance. Uh, how did I mean? How did you see it? Yeah, I thought the second half you, you hit the nail on the head. It just didn't, just couldn't really tell what what the players were trying to do. Um, I don't think Maguire should have played. He didn't didn't look right. Um, you could just tell. Just you, you could tell. You know, the players carrying something or they're just not mentally hundred percent there. He's worried about something else. And obviously, with his body, he, he wasn't right. I don't think he should have played. Obviously, he probably got forced to play him because of Varane was also injured, so I don't think that helped. Um, and yeah, just like they, they didn't know whether they were they were dropping off, making it difficult. They didn't know whether they were they were going to go and press Leicester. They got caught in between, which is the worst thing that that you can do because Leicester were just playing through us for fun um, and deservedly won the game. I thought Leicester. You have to obviously have to give credit to them. They've got they're a really good side. I feel Tielemans is, is a top top player. Uh, I'm not sure he meant his goal mind, but. Um, you know, he he ran ran the show for me, and um, yeah, it was it was a difficult uh, difficult day. And you, you look at the games that United have lost points in now: Leicester, uh, Southampton, Everton, um, Aston Villa. I think as well. It's just not it's just not good enough for a team that's going to be challenging uh, in the top end of the league and with the upcoming fixtures in the league as well. Real 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 tough games. Um, you know, I, I think in hopefully, and well, I hope I'm wrong, but I think in a few weeks' time the, the table might not look great in the league for United. So. Like I say, I hope I'm wrong, but no, it wasn't wasn't a good day at the office at all. Um, so obviously the media attention on Manchester United is is intense at the at the best of times, and at the worst of times, it's it's a hundred times worse uh, for Manchester United. Um, one of the uh, one of the main things that came out of uh, the media and the social media hype was Manchester United had to react against Atalanta. Uh, you know, looking looking at social media, all the fan supporters they wanted to see a reaction. They wanted to see, well, you know, the rumors are going around that Ollie may be losing the dressing room. He may be losing the players because of that lethargic, you know, performance against Leicester. So my expectation was that you know what, the players can see this on social media. They can see people are talking about it. Let's see a reaction. 
we got a reaction in the first 45 minutes. But it was even worse than the second half in Leicester. I mean, we did create some chances, I'll give them that. But to be 2-0 down at halftime when you expect a reaction, I'll be honest, I was I was dumbfounded. I was like, you know, I, I, I'm I never a buyer into the fact that players give up on the manager. I, I think that they may, I think they always try, um, especially at Manchester United. I don't think there's any hiding places. So I, I, I'm not really a fan of buying into that. But I did expect a different start to the game and we didn't get it. So let's break down the Atalanta game, you know, into two pieces, the first half and the second half. The first half was, was, I don't know, I wouldn't say truly shocking, but it was a poor performance considering what we were expecting, you know, right out of the gate for Manchester United to just come at them. Yeah, I think it's it's never it's never that easy, I, I feel, when the whole world was expecting Man United to come out and be 3 and up inside half an hour. But I think that's quite disrespectful sometimes to Atalanta. Atalanta are not a very well-known team, but they've qualified yeah. for the past few seasons now in the Champions League in Italy, which is a pretty good league. You know, they're no mugs. They would have had a game plan. I didn't think... You know, United weren't great in the first half, but I don't think they were really poor. I think I'm a massive... And you, you, we spoke you speak about this a lot. I'm huge on the mar- small margins. You know, I think Rashford's two chances... It could easily be two more. They scored from a set piece. You know, it wasn't good play by them, poor play by United. It's just a bit of a mix up. Luke Shaw slightly loses his man. Harry Maguire's half a millisecond uh, is timing of the jump. So I, I try and look at things. Obviously, there's a lot of emotion involved, but when you take try and take that out of it and look at things quite cold, I think, yeah, look, United weren't great, but it easily could have been. They could have been two one up very very easily. They had the two best chances. Sorry, Fred had a couple of great chances as well. They could have they could have scored three or four in that first half, and then the whole reaction is not. Oh, United were sluggish. They two 0 down at half time. Listen, everyone looks at the scoreline or the result and thinks that's how it is. But I, I generally don't feel that the listen the performance wasn't amazing. But I still feel the couple of Fred chances and the Rashford um, couple of chances. They if they'd have scored four or three goals, you couldn't have said. It was they didn't deserve it with the based on the chances they created. And like I say, Atlanta are a very, very, very good team. Yeah, I've seen them a few times over the last few years playing against English teams and they are no mugs whatsoever. The first goal was a, a very well worked goal. Um and again, I think I think Maguire he wasn't right Sunday, but I think on Sunday he goes back into the space where he would have cut the pass out for the Atlanta goal last night. Yeah. And but then on Sunday it got cut back to Vardy. This last night he decided to jump out of the slot and go closer to the man, and the ball got flashed across the face of goal, and ended up being a tapping uh, from the midfielder. So, yeah, I I don't think it's it's always as, as great as it feels or as bad as it feels. But then don't get me wrong, the second half Rashford missed two good chances in the first half, first chance, second half, boom, goal, two one, and you, you just knew then, didn't you? You yeah. could tell from the noise of the fans. The atmosphere in the stadium, they, they just, it's amazing how much a goal can just change. You see Ronaldo sprinting everywhere, Fernandez, which is completely not what they've done on Sunday. Yep. Um, and it's just amazing how that atmosphere and a goal can just spark the whole team, lift everyone, lift the stadium. And then you knew. I must admit, there was a time where when they got it back to two, uh, sorry, it was 2 1 for a while. And I thought, I don't know if Atlanta have just sort of seen this out a bit here now. You know, and you think, right, you yeah. need to get this quick. And while they're, while they're against the ropes, you need to go quick and go for the throat, so to speak. Um, and I feel like they weathered that quite quick. But then, obviously, the second goal came and it's just the, the third goal. It's just incredible. But it, it's got to a point now, Dave, where I don't know about you, but it doesn't really even shock you too much anymore. That That's what Ronaldo's doing. Do you know what I mean? He's done it for so long and that many times. Um I think I've seen a crazy stat. It was something like his 50th odd goal, winning career, winning goal, uh, over 130 or 40 Champions League goals. It's just absolutely incredible. You can tell he, he loves that competition. Um, and I just wanted to say something as well on Ollie. I don't feel about the players and all the, like you say, the social media and, and the media reaction to, oh, he's lost the dressing room. I don't feel like, well, I, I think he definitely hasn't lost the dressing room. I just think they've gone through a bit of a tough patch. And I, and I also feel like Ollie's the type of guy that, because he's a good fella and a good guy, 
he's not the type of like guy character who would lose the dressing room if you get what I mean. I don't yeah. think the would stop running for him because they like he's not like a Mourinho where he's coming out in the press and he's throwing players under the bus. He's publicly shaming players and, and the players could turn around and be like, well, they could down tools or, or whatnot. Um, I don't feel like Ollie's that that type, so I, I don't buy into that sort of social media um, wave of uh, Ollie's lost the dressing room. I, I don't see that personally. Um, and yeah, it was a, it was a, made for a great end of the game anyway. So there's certainly a lot of people weren't thinking that at half time. But again, I go back to the margins. Fred has a couple of great chances, misses it if he, if he takes them. The goal, football fans and social media, it's all so fickle that yeah. Uh, you know, they didn't have a lot of other great chances, really. They had a bit of pressure, but if Fred scores, Rashford scores, the one that he hits the bar and you go in at 2-1 or it's 2-2 because Fred had scored, it's a completely different reaction or the um, the, ov- the overall feeling is, is totally, totally different. Then you could be saying, oh, what a great reaction. Uh, Man United come in. Let's say Luke Shaw marks his man half a yard more at, at the corner and it's 1-0. Fred scores 1-0. Rashford scores just yeah. before half time. It's exactly the same performance, give or take the, the smallest of percentages, but the reaction is completely and utterly chalk and cheese. It's not a how oh, you expect United to be coming out of the blocks, flying out of the traps, go 3-0 up inside half an hour. It's never, ever, ever that easy. But it's also not oh United's too I mean it looks it does, doesn't it? It looks horrendous. You think United lose four two at the weekend. if you weren't watching the game, you look at the scoreline, you think, oh, uh, Man United nil, Atlanta two. Oh, they must be. They're definitely not playing for Ali. They're not running. They don't care. That's how you would think. But again, it, it's it's very. Um, it's it's not often the case. Yeah, I mean, I, I want to go back to a couple of points there. Number one, how dare you say fans are fickle? No, we're not. You know. <laughs> We're a hundred percent one way, um, but we are. I mean, that's isn't that the nature of supporting a club? I mean, the first forty-five minutes, like, why do I do this to myself? Why? Why do I do this? You know, why do I spend so much time and energy? And then, as soon as Ronaldo that ball hits Ronaldo's head, on you know, my neighbours are calling the HOA and security to ask what's going on in my house. Am I getting murdered? Um, and then I'm loving the greatest club in the world. Um, we are the most fickle. As a professional footballer, it must be frustrating for you at times to go, you know, last week I was the hero, now I'm zero. Um, but that's, un- unfortunately, that's the way we as supporters are. We we think that's, that's we know better. Makes it so great, isn't it? That, that's why. If oh, it is. I'm, I'm playing sailing and there was no emotion and no one cared and it was all very sort of level playing field, it wouldn't be the, it wouldn't be the most popular sport in the world because that's what makes it like you say, so great. You can be so down in the dumps and then literally less than an hour later, like you say, you could be jumping around your living room. It's just, that's what makes it so great. So that's why I like, I always like to try and, like I say, when you're on the inside of it, there's only so much the players can control. So you've got to take all that, try and take that out of it and look at, it's 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 so fine details. Give you know it could hit the Rashford's could hit the post, go in the corner. It hits it's the post and goes over. It that's what it comes down to, and that's what they're the, they're the small things that have such a huge effect on on. Yep. I call myself a fan on on the, all the fans and us fans is the, the tiny 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 things that have a, such a huge worldwide impact, on, especially for the club like Man United. And you think we would have learned by now? I mean, managers and professional footballers like yourself always talk about the fine margins, and that you know that's a that's there's no truer statement. But you know, in the stands, the emotion takes over. There's a lot of other things. Uh, footballers look at the game completely different um, than than supporters do, and and you are right. Fine margins. I mean, I go back to you know, you go back to the new camp in '99. Um, just you know what, Dave? I was just thinking that myself. I was just about is, to say, I was thinking that in my head, yeah. Is is when you know Bayern were absolutely battering us, and then they they you know they they hit they hit the crossbar, they they hit everything you know except the back of the net, and and they're playing sailing, and two minutes you know into extra time, they they've actually lost, and we've won the treble. That's the fine margins, and we only think about that later on, and uh, when it's brought back up. But during a game, you know the Harry Maguire thing, if you, like you said, if he was you know half a second earlier, he would have got to that ball. It's those fine margins. Um, I, I do want to talk a little bit about Marcus Rashford as well. Is that you know I, I was I, I heavily criticised Marcus Rashford you know last season for um, I mean his form and his his 
you know, just basic lack of, of giving anything to the team. Um, and, and, you know, I, I think I have a valid point in that. Uh, if, he, if he had an injury, playing with an injury that's affecting your performance that way, you've got to blame both the manager and the player and, and, and the medical staff for allowing him to do that. Um, what do you think of Marcus Rashford's form at the moment? You know, he's had to come back in. He's got two goals. He looks to be really, really on top of things. Um, his his first, his goal yesterday was just so clinical. It was, you know, it was it was like the old Marcus Rashford. And we say the old Marcus Rashford. He's still fairly young. Um, he's come back into the team. Uh, you know, his for me, I think his best position is out on the left. Um, would you start him if, if if his dead leg has recovered? Would you start him against Liverpool at the weekend? Um, yeah, I think he has to. I think um, two and two. He came off last night as well, so he won't be overly tired. Uh, he scored two goals in two games. And I, yeah, I take your point as well with the injury. That's probably a situation where it's not it's not stopping him from playing. He, he can go out there and play, but also he, he knows that he's carrying something. So mentally, he's not quite been right for a year. And listen, I mean, I only found this out. Um, just as when he got the surgery in the summer, he said he'd been playing with it for 11 months, so that, that's difficult to do, really. But it was probably an injury where it's his shoulder, so it's not his ankle or knee or, or somewhere on his leg that he can probably just about get away with it. But, you know, your shoulder, your run, every, every movement is comes from your shoulder when you run with your arm, so he, he might have lacked, you know, again, half a yard of sharpness, that real power when he sprints, possibly. Um, and now, he, yeah, like, I agree. It's the last two games he's played, he's looked really really sharp he looked powerful he took his two goals fantastically well even though he missed a couple of chances um in the first half last night he's still getting into the, the positions to to miss um so i i think he i think ollie would probably be i'd be very very surprised if he if he doesn't start on the left hand side on on, uh, on sunday to jump back to last night's game the man in the moment <clears throat> ronaldo I was going to say Fred, but I'll stick with Ronaldo. And, and this is how fickle we are. If, if Fred scored the winner on Sunday, I'd start a petition to get a statue um, for him outside Old Trafford. That's you know that's how I would flip with Fred. Um, that said, I think he played very well last night. But let's let's jump on to Ronaldo. Uh, we we've heard all the waffle from opposition uh, uh, former players. You know Jamie Carragher, Paul Merson, all these guys saying that Ronaldo's past. He's past. He's not that player. Uh, if you look on social media. I don't tend to react to the game uh, on social media because I, I, I try to take the emotion out of it because one minute you, you, you make yourself look like an ass like most of the people do on social media um, during a game. But a lot of people are saying, you know, when the substitutes were coming out, why wasn't Ronaldo taken off? Why wasn't Ronaldo taken off? Have people not learned a lesson of why you leave a player like Ronaldo on the pitch? He did it for Portugal against my country, Ireland, you know, last month, two goals. Uh, he did it earlier um, in, in the season, and then he's done it again last night. Um, I forget who he scored that winner against, that, that late winner. Uh, it was Champions League as well, I think. Villarreal, maybe? Yeah, yes. Yeah. Um, and then last night, you know, if, if you whip a ball in like that and Ronaldo's in the box, nine times out of ten, there's really only one outcome, and it's a goal. But what a goal. I mean, he placed it where the goalkeeper was never going to get it. Ronaldo's too old. Ronaldo doesn't run around. Ronaldo doesn't chase back. Ronaldo doesn't do this. But what Ronaldo does is he pops up with the winner more times than not, as you said earlier on. You know, it's in the high 50s of, of winners he's got. He's 137 goals in the Champions League. Anything else to add about Ronaldo and, and what he's given Manchester United this season? No, he's just, his, uh, his goal scoring record is just. The numbers to games are just absolutely incredible, isn't it? And I think, listen, we, we all watch the games, we all see he's not anywhere near the same type of player he was. He, yeah. he was not stood on the left wing, uh, sprinting past players through trickery and, and power and pace. But you just get the feeling that, especially in them, them champion, that, that atmosphere, that cauldron, he thrives and he loves nothing more than being... That's it. I, I'll be the one who scores the big goals. He just that's why you'll go down as you know what one of the greatest players ever, probably the best goal scorer ever. His goals to games is, is scary, really. And yeah, you know, he, I can see why people get frustrated when they watch him play because he he might not bring a lot, but goals are the most goals win your games and they're the most important thing in football. And is that there's not anyone 
better than, than him for that. I can see again why people can throw criticism. He doesn't do this for the team. He doesn't sprint. But he's never ever really done that. Even when he's he not brought into the team to do that, right? Yeah. Well, yeah. You don't try and Cristiano Ronaldo to be pressing defenders. I think you know you know exactly, especially the people they would have watched all his video clips at Juventus. Obviously, we all know his, his records and stuff, but they would have seen all how he plays in games in the last few years at Juventus. They know. You know, you're not going to. He's not going to change at 36. They know exactly what he's going to bring, and you know what a start he's made in terms of his, his goal return. So you you hit on something there, which you know, uh, watching the game last night, it came into my head as well. It was that you know, Ronaldo loves nothing more than than a last minute winner, nothing to to bring all the focus on him. You know, yeah. at the end of the game, he's on his knees. It's like as if we we won the Champions League. I'm like, relax, you know. <laughs> um, and this thought popped into my head, and I'm going to ask you the question. Do you think Ronaldo would rather score a hat-trick or a last-minute winner? Um, I think I think, I think, think he'd probably rather score a last-minute winner because, like you say, I think he loves the attention and the focus. Oh, yeah, he does. I, 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 do, I do. I think... Um, I mean, he's got enough hat-tricks as well, hasn't he? He's got, like, ridiculous amounts of hat-tricks. But I just think he loves being the main man. And he has done for Portugal over the years. He's done it for United, Real Madrid, Juventus. He, he, you see his celebration. He's always pointing at himself as if to say, like, you know, basically, I am the main man. So I, I think he would... Well, he does love that, doesn't he? He's, you know, you can tell, like you say, he's on his knees again. It's all about him and that bravado and that razzmatazz of him being the main man and and rightly so because he, he deserves it because he, he often more often than not he, he does he does come up with the goods and, and you know i want to 15 years now that's the big thing for me he's done it for, i mean it's just phenomenal the, the longevity and the consistency he's done that is just absolutely unbelievable I mean, you know, I want to I want to make it clear that you know, and I'm and I'm I'm sure you know a lot of people think this way, but there is a lot of people that think the opposite way. You know, there's one thing about having an ego, and then there's one thing about being an asshole with an ego. Um, I don't believe Ronaldo was the latter. I think he's the former. I think that he loves the game so much, he loves Manchester United so much, he loves just scoring goals so much that it brings him so much joy. It's not a you know, it's not a look at me, look at me type of thing. Um, in a bad way, it's that you know I'm I'm the main man. I know it's same way in that Messi is, but Messi's a little bit more you know uh, laid back in that effect. But you know we're, we're just so lucky to be living in a time and a football period where we have two of the greatest players ever to play football. You know with Messi and Ronaldo, and we're lucky enough to have Ronaldo for the next two years. And I will guarantee we're going to have more nights like like last night where Ronaldo doesn't do a hell of a lot. Um, and then pops up with the goods at the last minute. I mean, when, when you talk about players that were deemed lazy, we look at Berbatov as well. But, my God, that guy could play. I mean, he could score some phenomenal goals. He never – I don't think he ever went past the halfway line, you know, ever, you know, in the opposite direction. But we talk about him as, you know, as being one of the greatest that we've had, you know, in regard to such a short period, such a short career of Manchester United, he had such a huge effect. And we even look back now and, and realise – just how good he was, you know, he was phenomenal. Ronaldo, obviously, in a different level, but is being talked about similar in regard to he doesn't add much to the team. And you're thinking, what do you mean he's not? He scores goals, and that's all this is all about. You know, it's about scoring goals. And last night he proved once again. You as a defender, I mean, you know what you're going to get. You said that they watched, they would have watched the videos and all. The two center halves for for Atlanta last night must have been thinking, you know, I can't switch off for a split second, and they did, and he yeah. scored. I mean, that must be frustrating. I mean, how is it like to? What goes through your mind having to try and mark a player for 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 ninety minutes to be on top of your game for that full ninety minutes? Um, a player of his stature. I think I've, I might have said this before on the show. It's just concentration, and and for, for exactly what you just said, for ninety minutes, if he doesn't score that goal, they probably come off the pitch thinking we've done a great job here tonight. Yeah. Um, I think one of the, the centre back who went off injured at half time made a great sliding tackle on Rashford. I thought they they were doing really well. To be fair, they, the yeah. back three Atlanta, but they made a couple of substitutions. I think I had the commentator say at one point there was only one defender who started the game in the back three. They, they put a yeah. midfielder in the back three. So it might not have been natural to them, but it's, 
playing against Ronaldo, I think now, I mean, back when he was first at United, and if you were playing against him then, he would have just, I think, non-stop, 90 minutes, terrorised you, running in behind, dribbling, scoring goals, everything. Whereas now, I feel like you might be for, well, like what I've just said, 90 minutes thinking, I'm doing okay, I'm doing well. He, Ronaldo hasn't done anything, I'm keeping him quiet. He, and then all of a sudden, he got he peels off the back, yeah, a little bit of movement, a, a double movement. He might make a run to, to bring you somewhere and then he might peel the other way and he gets a yard of space and it's in the back of your net. And that's the that's why he's such a top, top player. Uh, he, he'll be all night, he would have been thinking, I'm going to score, I'm going to score. And a defender, you have to always think that the glass is... Um, you know, the glass is half empty, not half full. So, and that's just how, how you have to, I mean, it's so hard. I mean, it's stoppage time as well. The tight, you're tired mentally, you've been concentrating. You play. That's another thing, playing against someone like him, I don't care what anyone says, You would, they would have been concentrating a lot more playing against Cristiano Ronaldo than their average player who they play against yeah. week in, week out. And that takes a big toll on you, your mentally, your concentration, you physically will be tired come, come to the end of the game which affects your concentration and he only needs a yard as we've seen so many times i actually watched the the game you mentioned before portugal when he played ireland and he actually played really really poor in the game but then he's and it's all about him again and that's what he loves so uh, i think yeah, I... we can do that again on, on sunday i don't think anyone would be complaining if he uh, if he doesn't have a kick until on, uh, on sunday i had um I was watching the Ireland game here at home and, and, and I had a lot of friends back home from Ireland, Liverpool supporters. As you remember, we just signed Ronaldo at that stage. And, you know, I'm obviously hugely conflicted, but, you know, your country is your country at the end of the day. So I was getting a lot of DMs and, you know, was I can't wait to see Ronaldo when he comes on. And, hey, is Ronaldo not in Portugal tonight? You know, all these gags and jokes. And and then he pops up with those two goals and and... I really can't say anything, you know. I can't go back and go, yeah, he scored because he scored against our own country. But you hit the nail on the head. He did absolutely nothing in that game. Scores two goals, and everything's about him. Everything, and which is fantastic. I love it. I love last night. I love the fact that you know he was berating the referee to blow up the whistle because he wanted, you know, yeah. It was like walking into a surprise birthday party that he knew was going to happen. He wanted to open that door. Oh, it's all about me. Um, but yeah, I mean. People that think Ronaldo is finished, you know, haven't watched football in a long, long time. And and last night proves again that, you know, it wasn't just a it wasn't just a very simple goal to score. It was it was it was a difficult ball and it was a fantastic ball into the box. But he still had to beat the defender. He still had to beat the goalkeeper. And he did what Ronaldo does. Um, moving on to uh, a small matter of uh, the game, the weekend. Um, no disrespect to any other teams in, in, in England, but this is the biggest game on the calendar. Manchester United versus Liverpool. Liverpool versus Manchester United. We we have big local derbies. Liverpool and Everton's a big derby. Tottenham and, and Arsenal. Um, Manchester United and Liverpool at times is deemed a derby because of how close they are together uh, city-wise. Um, but the biggest, the biggest game of this of the calendar, without a doubt. Anytime Manchester United and Liverpool play, it's it's always the biggest. Uh, Liverpool in you know pretty decent form at the moment. Manchester United were trugging along, you know, we're trugging along. Um, it's a big game. It's at Old Trafford. It's a full house. Uh, Paul Scholes made some comments, you know, fair comments after the game last night about you know Jurgen Klopp will be you know, rubbing his hands with glee with that Manchester United midfield. And, you know, Scalzi has some points there. He really does. I don't think it helps, but he does have some points. But what I've seen down the years is, you know, over the past two or three years, is that when Ole is back is against the wall, he seems to be able to pull that result out. And it's not really all doom and gloom of Manchester United. If we beat Liverpool on Sunday, we're a point behind and we're back up, you know, second or third in the table. It, it's really, it, 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 it shouldn't blow my mind after supporting United for over 30 years, how our level of, 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 you know, where we are in the league and how we're playing is held to a higher esteem than any other club in the land. Um, but that's just part of the fact of following Manchester United. Massive game this weekend. Salah, probably the form player on the planet at the moment. But we have Ronaldo. Um, how do you see this game going? I mean, it's it, it looks like you know Liverpool are going to steamroll us, but Manchester United, you know Liverpool. I personally believe form goes out the window. I think the first goal is crucial, 
but not as crucial as the second goal. And what I mean by that is if Liverpool scored, they get a second one, I think we're in trouble. If Manchester United score, I think it comes down to who gets the next one will take that game. Um, and if Liverpool get it, you know, they, they're a fantastic team going forward, as much as I hate to say it. Uh, Manchester United have a fantastic, you know, attacking options. Defensively, we were very shaky, you know, um, Harry Maguire was pretty shaky last night, although he did get a goal. It was actually a well-taken goal. No disrespect to uh, the centre-half uh, uh, union, but it was a well-taken goal on, you know, pretty much on the uh, on the spin. But um, how do you see uh, how do you see um, the game going this weekend? You know, like I said, the biggest game in England, in Britain. Yeah, by far. Um, I think it's much bigger than, like you say, Liverpool, Everton, Man United, Man City. I think the the history and the rivalry goes back decades and decades. Um, you know, two very successful clubs, two very successful cities. That's where I think the rivalry probably originally started from. And in terms of the game, I mean, yeah, automatically you think it'll be tough for United due to the form that they're both in in the league. Liverpool are, are flying at the moment. Um, I agree with what you said about Mo Salad. I think he's probably the informed player on the whole planet at the moment. Um, Liverpool have got Van Dijk back. Matip seems to be playing really well for them. But there's something about Old Trafford that they, they always seem to struggle. Um, I remember, I think, the year Liverpool won the league, they were it was a similar situation where United were really struggling. Liverpool were flying, um, scoring goals past everyone. And I think they drew the game one all and, and they yep. didn't play well at all on the day, Liverpool. Um, so I think there's a mental block with them there. And I think the bounce from the Atlanta game will give United a huge boost. It'll raise the confidence. It'll give them belief. Um yeah, I think the comments on midfield, I think, are pretty clear and obvious. You know, Fred McTominay in comparison to, and Bruno Fernandes in comparison to, to the, the midfielders Liverpool have is is a mismatch. Uh, I think we, you know, we've we've covered that a lot already in terms of midfield and the issues United have got there. But yeah, form goes out the window. You never know. We've got Ronaldo, uh, Sancho, Rashford, Greenwood, Martial, Bruno, Jesse Lingard, Cavani. Cavani, sorry, not even. Yeah, he made a difference last night as well when he came on. By the way, yeah, um, I think he's a fantastic player. I wish he was a few years younger. Um, so yeah, I think the, it's it's up in the air. It's who takes the chances. I, I've never really heard that before. What you said about the goals, but I think it's a fantastic point. The second goal will be absolutely huge. Um, if there is, it'll be a nil-nil draw. Now listen to us watch. <laughs> yeah. No, but I, I think it's a great point. I think that second goal in games is such a such a huge turning point whether it goes to 2-0 if it's in the second half especially it can, it can fall away from a team and if, if a team pulls one back they all of a sudden become in the ascendancy especially if it's the home team you know they get the crowd up and the atmosphere and they can really feel like they can they can go for the away team Um so yeah it'll be, listen I can't wait to watch it it'll be a really good game two, two high high quality sides uh, I think Varane will be a big miss for United if I'm honest and yeah. a little bit worried about that Um I'm sure he'll be relishing that game, but like you said, United have got Ronaldo, who he will. This is his. You get the feeling that this is his type of game that he'll really want to, you know, stamp his mark. Oh, one hundred percent. Is I'm, I'm sure as soon as he came back to Manchester United, he was ticking down the matches that he wanted to perform. I know I'm not going to say that he doesn't perform in every game, but I'm sure there's yeah. those special games like, you know, United at home to Liverpool, United away to Liverpool. You know, nothing better than scoring a winner. You know, in the cup end, ask John O'Shea. Uh, against yep. Liverpool in the last few minutes, he would have looked at those games and thought to himself, they're the games I want to be the main man in. And and he may do nothing for 89 minutes and then bam, goal, it's over. Um, I'm excited for the game and I hate this game. You know, it's just, it's one of those games that's going to make or break your week. Um, and, yep. and I, you know, I'm at an age now where I try not to let football affect my mood. And, and for the most part, it doesn't these days. But Liverpool is different completely different whether it's you know whether it's in the league a tiddlywings competition it's just I mean I grew up in the 80s I had two brother. I have two brothers that are Liverpool supporters I got my you know 80s ruined by them um, then when we rolled into the 90s they became pretty quiet you know I actually thought they lost a voice at one point um, so I, I know what it's like to be on the other end of that and now Liverpool obviously on a high they've won the Champions League in the league in the past couple of years um, I don't think it'll ever happen what Fergie did, but it's it's not a nice feeling. So these games are even more important to, to I think, the United supporters. And you you touched on Varane there. You know, 
a, a massive, massive uh, disappointment if he if he doesn't make it. But by all accounts, I don't think he will. Um, how do you think that will that will affect you know all his you know uh, way of thinking in, in coping with Salah, Mane, and and players of that of that level? So, well, I think it might force him to to play Fred and McTominay again, which you know was not very popular with the fans, but. I think you've seen that last night. He, he would have seen that as a huge game, must-win game last night, uh, in the, obviously in the Champions League, and he, he left Pogba out. Yeah. The two more disciplined players to sit in front of the back four, and he've, I think they, they've both got more energy and they cover more ground probably than what Pogba does. So I think he'll probably look to, to play both of them in front of... Listen, I, I'm not saying Lindelof's a, a bad player, but I think Lindelof and Maguire together have obviously had some issues over the past few years. Yeah, I think they're both very good players, but... I just felt like Varane's that that next level with his experience and his, his class and his, his physicality. Um, I think he's got got over Lindelof. Um, you know, like I say, Lindelof's got good experience now. He's played for United for a good few years, played in these games before. But I just just feel that Oli might want to look at, at protecting the back four with with the form of Poland as well. I mean, you know, as much as it like you say, ahead to say they're in scintillating form at the minute, scoring loads of goals, keeping clean sheets. Um, so listen, you know it's going to be a t- really tough game. There's no doubt about that. But being at Old Trafford, the, the energy of the crowd last night. Hopefully they can carry that on to Sunday. I'm sure they will. Would it be a, a later kick off? Um, I'm sure they'll all be uh, well fueled up from the day and, and uh, get right behind the team, make it as hostile as they can for Liverpool. You made it. You made a good point there. You know, um, and is the fact that they, you know, going into this game in the manner that we won the game. Uh, last night, you know, they'll get a bounce from that. You know, they'd be. We couldn't have prepared ourselves any better. Uh, and this may sound a little bit silly, but if we had won the game last night three 0 I think winning it the way we did is a little bit extra to give us that little bit of a boost for the weekend. Winning the game three 0 versus being two 0 down, winning three two, the confidence is going to be really up. Last minute winner at home. Um, so, so I think I think the, in the manner that we won last night. Is is a good positive going into this weekend's game. Um, I want to finish off the show to uh, yeah, discuss um, uh, how things are going at Morecambe. I know you guys have had a bit of a bit of a blip uh, in form recently. A couple of defeats on the bounce there. Uh, still not, you know, still not very early in the season. You know, only thirteen games in. Um, what's gone wrong? I mean, you, you guys were flying at one moment. I mean, I, I, listen. The Premier League is a fantastic league, but the toughest leagues are the Championship, and the First Division, and the Second Division because all the teams are pretty much on a par. You know, in 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 the in the Premier League, you have four or five teams that are just always going to be up there. It, it's never like that in the lower league. So, for me, it's it's always a it's always a good thing to watch because it, it constantly changes. Teams are always within one or two points of each other from first to fifth, sixth, and seventh. It's it's pretty exciting. Um, but you guys have had a bit of a blip lately. Um, what are you going to do to turn it around? I mean, you, you've already you're off the you're off the score sheet. Barton is off the hook. You know, he thinks he doesn't have to bake a cake by the end of the season. Um, so you know, I need those extra four goals. Um, yeah, no, I'll try me. Uh, I'll try me hardest. But it, no, again, I keep feeling like I repeat myself. It's just been things haven't been going for us. We um, like you say, we were in really good form only three games ago. Um, I think in the last five before that we'd won three, drew one, lost one. I think, um, yeah. and we went. There was no huge differences in terms of the actual performance to the last three games we've lost um, against Wickham, who, who were I think they're second in the league. They're one of the top teams in the league in the championship last season. Uh, lost to Burton and then lost to uh, Cheltenham the other night. And there's not been, like I say, there's not been huge contrast in terms of the general performance um, from when we were winning games and doing really well to to, to losing. Things just haven't gone for us really in the last few games. We've conceded a lot of sloppy set piece goals, which is always frustrating. Um, I'm sure for the managers and certainly as players. Um, so we need to we need to work on keeping the back door shut, and that's not always, you know, down to defenders. Um, sometimes there's midfield players or strikers who, who could could do better at set pieces, because uh, more often than not the whole team comes back to defend defend for them. But yeah, we just keep going, keep uh, not trying to change, maybe small tweaks, but not trying to do wholesale changes and, and restart and maybe a new system or a new way of doing things. And, um, you know, over the course of a season, like you said, it's still very early. 
these things always even themselves out. We could play a lot worse and win games in, in, yeah. in the coming weeks. You know, we some games we've actually played really well and, and drew or lost. So, um, yeah, it's it's again, it's fine margins. Things go for you some weeks, especially in like you say in the lower leagues. The gap between the top and the bottom in terms of of quality is nowhere near like the, the goal for the Premier League. Let's say for a Man City to Norwich. So. Um, a lot of the time it comes down to who who's more clinical. You know, uh, most games in these leagues, teams will have similar sort of shots, similar shots on target, similar chances. Um, and ultimately on the day, it comes down to a goalkeeper making great saves or a striker who's very, very clinical or, or set pieces. I feel like they're the three big things, especially in, in the lower leagues. I've been I've been watching a lot of your, a lot of your game, a lot of your highlights. Um, do, do you have one of the best strikers outside the Premier League at the moment? I mean, he he's scoring some humdingers of goals. I mean, he's some of the goals he's getting is absolutely phenomenal. Wouldn't it look out of place in the Premier League? Yeah, absolutely. I think his goal he, he's won Player of the Month two uh, two months on the bounce. He won Goal of the Month for his goal in which was an unbelievable goal. Even to take that goal on was was an uh-huh. incredible break from Cole. Um, and yeah, I mean, he certainly, I think I've seen a stat that was a couple of weeks ago uh, that he was the most informed striker in Europe ahead of Robert Lewandowski, which is uh, which was some accolade to have for the, for the time. But yeah, listen, he's doing great. Um, we need to give him more chances as a team uh, because we're confident that when he gets chances, he'll take them. So um, yeah, no, he's doing really, really well. I'm sure he'd be attracting a bit of interest um, in, the, in the summer or maybe in January. So the club will be desperate to keep hold of him. Um, but yeah, long if he's scoring goals, we've always got a chance. You know, I played in teams where you're going into games and you, you, your striker might have only scored less than five goals for the season. Coming into the latter end, you think well, we ain't gonna we're gonna struggle here. We need to. It's not it's not nice as a player to go into the game thinking we need to keep a clean sheet to win. When you've got goals in your team, which which we have at the minute, it's mainly through call, but but through others as well. It just gives the whole team a little bit of confidence. We need to now work and, and be a bit more solid as a team and keep the back door shut because we, we believe we, we'll always score goals. Well, I think we're going to hear a hell of a lot more about Cole Stockton as the season as the season progresses. I mean, I'm, I for one have been watching out for some of his goals and some of them are absolutely beauties. Um, mm-hmm. the, the only problem with that is that, as you said, he starts to attract teams that are in you know higher up the divisions, um, and that's the difficult part, you know, for the club. Uh, like Morecambe and teams that are outside the Premier League, that the money is there to actually entice them. Um, so um, I just got to I just got to finish off for a couple of things. Um, obviously, if you haven't subscribed, uh, please subscribe. Talk of the Devils. Um, we also uh, I want to just uh, pitch out the uh, the show for tomorrow. Uh, Keane is back on with with uh, Phil Marshall and Lee Lawrence, two former Manchester United players. That's at seven p.m. UK time. Uh, so if you can tune into that, it's always it's always a good show. It, it always gets a little bit lively. Me and me and Scott are a lot more you know reserved and relaxed. Um, but yeah, jump in, have a look at the guys. Um, we also have something special coming up on uh, Talk of the Devils. Uh, a little bit more about that in the next few in next few weeks. Something big, some big announcement. So uh, watch for that. Um, and, and finally, um, we will be giving away something uh, on today's show. Uh, it's it's the Manchester United review book. Uh, which was written there. Uh, it's the official book which charts basically the evolution of Manchester United's match day publication uh, from from basically from a simple team sheet to, to what we see today as a glossy magazine. Uh, columns from, you know, Sir Matt Busby, Sir Alex Ferguson and more. So uh, retweet this show, like it, you know, pass some comments, do whatever you want to do to, to get in on it. Uh, and we'll we'll organise that for, for one lucky winner. Um, obviously, myself and Scott are excluded from that. Um, but yeah, get in there, retweet, uh, but subscribe. Most importantly, subscribe, and you you'll get more um, uh, content like this. You know, Scott is is is. We're lucky enough to have him on here, um, and uh, we appreciate his insight. You know, there's a lot of things that us fans think we know, um, and this is why we like to have people like Scott on to go. Yeah, that's not right uh, from a from a footballing perspective. This is why, and this is why we like having you on, Scott, because you know you, you kind of bring us down, uh, bring us down to the level that we should be at, and that is to think. Well, like- I just feel like I, I like to give the insight of, and it's it's so hard to understand as because it's all about that's what makes it so great is the emotion, but then when the, you're a player or let's say so the United players they'll be in a team meeting today or tomorrow, and I, I mean I don't know what their routine is, but we analyze the games. <laughs> and even in, in the dressing room at times there's heated emotions there's, there's could be arguments there's 
people pointing the finger at each other. But always when you review the game and you analyze the game and it's cold, there's no emotion, there's no noise. You're just watching the video screen with, with no commentary, no, no crowd noise. And you see the decisions that people make. It's never very, very rarely you, you, you'll have people where he's not trying hard or he's made a really bad mistake. But more nine times out of 10, it's just like half a yard here or a small detail, like a, a, a one second quicker decision prevents this or helps that. And that's, like I say, nine times out of 10, that, that's what it comes down to. But then the implications of those tiny, tiny details yeah. are, are huge. And they cause the, obviously the results, people's jobs, the, the happiness of the fans. So that's why I always try and, like I say, unite, you know, I, I was the same. I'm, my mates are on a WhatsApp group chat saying, uh, or watching the match. Um, Ronaldo's got to come off. Um, no, yeah. Rashford, Rashford's creating chances. Ronaldo hasn't done anything. And then he scores, and now all people are giving it back. And it's it's there's so much emotion and and um, involved with with the fans. And listen, like I say, I, I'd be a fan of United now as well, so I, I understand that. But when you, I also know what goes on, like you say, on the inside. So I just feel it's important for everyone to to put into perspective or, or try and understand what why the things happen. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, and it is it is those fine margin, and it's easy. To, you are right. We we are emotionally attached with one hundred percent. As a, as a player, you are emotionally attached with. But at the end of the day, you look at it differently. You, you know, it is your job. It's your livelihood. You have to look at it differently. You have to look at it from a different angle. And um, you you know that that's great insight there. Where you're saying that you know the day after the game or the day the day of the day after the game. You know, the team sits down and, and everything is taken out of it. The noise, the sound, the media, everything. And it's just, here's the video, you know, here's what happened. And nine times out of ten, everyone in that room will agree that, you know, well, there yeah. was nothing really could have did about that, you know, because it's that that one split second that, you know, I, I didn't take that step forward. And, and it, you know, we see it all the time with center forwards when a ball's whipped across the box and you think, why didn't you run into the box? You know, why didn't you do this? Why didn't you do that? But there's always something else that contributes to that before that happens. Um, like last night with Harry Maguire with that goal that, you know, he, he, he makes that move a split second earlier and, and he's going to get his head on that and or he's going to do enough for the, for the, for the, uh, the score to not actually get his head on it. Um, but as fans, we have emotion attached to it. You know, it's it's the world has you know fallen in, and at halftime last night we were bottom of the group. At yeah. full time we were top. It, it's mental, and this is what this is what football gives us. It gives us that massive roller coaster, and, and there's no way I would change it for the world. It, there's no other sport in the world that does this. No other sport. Football is the only one that does it. It really is. I mean, the NFL. I watch a lot of it. I know you watch it. There's yeah. times when that gets to the last few minutes, even though the last few minutes are 15 minutes long. Yeah, it's a it's a different kind of feeling, you know, for yeah. that because it's not just it's like last. Is, few, is it? No, we, we scored. They have a drive and it, it gets exciting, but it, football, it's like... Instant. Yeah. You know, like last night, if we were talking NFL last night, it would have been Luke Shaw gets the ball, he stops, a Snickers ad comes on. <laughs> you know, we watch the Snickers ad, then we get back to the football and he whips it in and scores. It's it's, it's very, very different. So um, one final thing I wanted to mention was um, if, if, if you guys can look on Talk of the Devils, uh, for uh, take a check out of Wayne Barton's uh, Manchester United author. He's um, co-founder of our. He's the founder of this uh, of our website. Co-founder. He'll he'll kick my ass for saying that. And um, he won't bake me a cake. Um, he's a founder of this website, and he he after each game he does analysis, full analysis of of the game. And and the one last night is. It, it's a doozy. It really is. And um, Wayne, like yourself, you know, can take the emotion out of the game, you know, and, and actually analyze it in, in a, in a, in a, in a, both a positive and negative way, but to bring it across really well that it's not biased. It's just, this, this is the reality of it all. And he's one of the few writers out there that can do that. You know, he's, he's not in it for the clickbait. He's not in it for the, the big headline. He's in it as a Manchester United fan. So jump on there. There's many articles on there, but last night's one was, 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 was a real eye opener as well. So, um, Scott, as always, I appreciate you coming on. I appreciate your time. I know you're busy. Um, uh, you have a, you know, you have a, professional uh, career to look after you've got a young family but we do appreciate you coming on and, and giving thank us your insight you. thank you very much for having me it's, it's always it's always a, 
Well, so I made a I made a deal at the start of the season. Uh, I've got a few Liverpool fans down down south in uh, uh, San Bernardino, which is just outside uh, Los Angeles. So I said, hey, at the start of the season, uh, you know, I'm going to come down. We're going to watch the Liverpool game, um, and we'll you know we'll have a bit of fun. And because you know, it, it, you know, when you're in it, when you're in a WhatsApp chat room, the, the banter is different than actually being right there. So. Um, so for this past week, um, I've been like, you know, how can I get out of this one? You know, how, <laughs> how can I get sick before then? But I'm on the hook to bring down. They've, they've never had like an, an Irish and Irish and UK breakfast is kind of similar. Black and white pudding and sausage and bacon. And they don't do that over here. So I went into San Francisco and, and I purchased all that. And I'm on the hook for, for dinner or for breakfast, you know, because the game's at 8 o'clock, 8.30. Yeah. Uh, bringing down the baked beans and the brown sauce, so they'll be baffled by it all. They really will. They'll have no idea. You know, they're like, "Where's the waffles? Where's the pancakes?" Okay. Uh, yeah, but it'll be a good laugh. You know, it always is when you get together with with some Liverpool people. You know, it it, it never gets to anything but just banter back and forth. So I'm looking forward to that. But Scott, as always, thank you again. Um, and for everyone else, if you haven't subscribed, please hit the subscribe button. Um, and yeah, we'll be we'll be back on. We won't be back on after. The, the Liverpool game uh, because I'll, I'll I'll still be down in LA and I don't know you know I don't know emotionally what state I'll be in and if we win I I, I really don't want to be in front of you know the camera because I'll just spend the whole day screaming if we lose I don't want to be in front of it either um so Scott best of luck the weekend who who have you guys got Plymouth Plymouth home and away home they're the top of the league so it'll be a tough game but again it, it wouldn't it wouldn't shock anyone who follows League One if um if it was a, a we won or it was a draw or you know so that'll be a, be a good game well best of luck this weekend and like i said you know i'm, I'm counting on you uh, for another four goals for this season so well, thank you very much all right mate thank you thanks a lot the talksport fan network is proudly teaming up with three for mental health awareness week this year Beyond the pitch, beyond the results, we're here to connect fans, getting them to embrace the highs and lows of supporting your club. Because we're not just fans, we're a team. With two in three football fans having struggled with their mental health, we understand that life off the pitch can present its own challenges. That's why we're committed to ensuring you have the tools to stay connected with your friends and fellow supporters. Take a moment to connect with your mates. A simple text or an open conversation can make a world of difference. And if they don't respond right away, don't hesitate to follow up. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.